Oh, I guess I should say words. Um, yeah, so that's a great way to start it. Um, welcome, <laughs> welcome to another edition of the Queen City Roundup. Uh, I think we missed a week. Did we yeah, miss a but week? there's nothing really going on, so... I mean, there still isn't much going on. Um, so yeah, we uh, the last time that we spoke, uh, Joey ranted about the uh, the NHL retro jerseys and how ugly the Leafs one was. Mm-hmm. Um, we also were ranting about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the TFC playoffs, which were fairly short lived. Oh yeah, short lived. As short lived as uh, shorter than the Blue Jays playoff run. Yeah, at least that one was multiple games. Yep, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I think and uh, it ended up with uh, Greg Vanny stepping down as the uh, head coach. Yeah, that was weird. We can we can get into that, but yeah. yeah before so... uh, before before we get started, I just want to shout out the Washington football team. Big win last night. My favorite team against the un- then undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're right back in the thick of things in the NFC East, even in the wild card race right now. It's, it's something. I don't know how, how eligible it is, but it is something. Um, you know, that's the type of win that changes the mindset of an entire young squad. That that win is a turning point, not just for this season, but for the next seasons to come. That's, that's what I think. Anyways. What- when the seasons end up becoming uh, more normal, more or less. Um, yes. Anyways, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I'm super stoked about that win. As would any fan. Um, so, yes, uh, going back to TFC. Uh, so, Greg Vanny resigned as the head coach of TFC about a week ago. That was for, weird. Uh, yeah, it was weird. I mean, like, this guy's well, – but then again, you also have to think about, like, the guy was the coach for the team for, like, what, six years? He started yeah. in, tw- in twenty mid-2014, and, like – He's basically won everything that there is. Like he's won a bunch, like I think like two or three Canadian championships. MLS Cup, Supporters Shield. Got so close to the CONCACAF Champions League. He did. uh, Well, he won the CONCACAF World Cup when he was with with the U.S. in in 05. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like everything within the span of the the three years or four years, really, from like from 2016 to 2020, like he's literally, in my opinion, coached one of the best soccer teams in North America. And it just goes to show you that like TFC is probably I know like the, the loss sucks. Cause like, I mean, but then again, you also have to realize like, like we were talking about with, uh, with our boy, Mikey Singh, Nashville was going into the playoffs on a on tear. A, yeah. They were, they were on a run and Toronto FC kind of, kind of stumbled into the playoffs, even though they were the number two seed, they, they weren't too great in those last five games of the season. It kind of reminds me of the White Sox. Like they were first two thirds of the season. They were like amazing. They were like hitting on all cylinders offense was firing pitching was elite and then like the last month of the season they were just hot garbage and it showed in the playoffs and it was kind of like the same thing with the Leafs in 2019 because that last month of like late February not even that last month it was until like from like January onward I remember those back those Babcock post all-star break teams Oof, they were boring to watch. Yeah, they were uh, they were pretty bad. And I'm glad that I don't have to watch that anymore. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like going back to Vanny, it's it's kind of like in hockey, you kind of hear like the five-year itch where like a coach doesn't normally last five years. Yeah. A lot um, of times they just want a new challenge, especially like someone like Vanny who's already accomplished everything there is to do almost in the MLS with, with Toronto FC. I can understand him wanting to move on and like 
find another another chapter to like build his legacy on you could also argue that like he wants to maybe try his luck in, in the european soccer market just because of yeah. how you know many people go from mls to to coaching and you know to coaching and uh in, in the Euro- european soccer leagues playing over in the english soccer leagues and this is a guy who had a win record of about about 45 percent you know he had a a goal differential coaching a plus 78 that's pretty good in 250 games now i know people are going to look at that and be like oh well he had some some great offensive players and it's like well yeah but you need to figure out how to utilize them like you know you look at guys like there's been a lot of teams in the history of sports who had really good teams but not the right coach to be able to bring them up to their full potential of this like the LA Clippers, for example, or yep. uh, or I'd uh, even argue that the Babcock Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't think you would need to argue that. I think it's pretty factual. Okay, yeah, it's factual, but and and, and arguably like the Red Wings from like '09 until 2015 when Babcock left, like that team was basically when they just held, wanted to keep that playoff streak alive, basically. Yeah, for the for the revenue, and like I think it was one of those things where like we're gonna see some turnover with with TFC, and I think that's what vanny realizes like he, he knows that like let's face it if he, he could probably would have had a job with tfc for like another three four years oh for sure but i think you know again he wanted to see what was out there maybe he wanted to go out and you know see what other opportunities could be in north america maybe even um, the mexican leagues too like yeah and that's like, a pretty legitimate know, league too i wouldn't be surprised if he wants to go to like and, and play in the in the german league in the bundesliga like that would be very wise for him um, and like, it's one of those things where, and he's had experience coaching international players. Like, you know, like Javinko is obviously a big one. Uh, Osuelo. most recently, Piatti, uh, Victor Vasquez is a name that many yeah. people forget. It's one of those things where it's like, you, you can't do the same job over and over again. And yeah. I think, I think when people like automatically assume that somebody resigns, they think it's like, oh, it's a scandal or it's this, but it's, it kind of reminds me of, I, I, I hate that we keep going back to hockey with this. And I'm sure like soccer fans are probably annoyed, but it kind of reminds me of like when Steve Eiserman stepped down a couple of years ago, because like you look at that lightning team and it was like, I think like what, 20, 2018, he stepped down. And then he obviously went back to the Red Wings the, the following season, well, following fall, but it was literally getting to the point of, you know, that team was, you know, on paper, a cup contender. They underachieved. I think it was, yeah, they were out in the Eastern Conference final in 2018. Mm-hmm. And Steve, and everyone was like, you know, initially they were like, okay, why would you step down? Are as management upset with him? Are there higher expectations? And then it comes out like, no, he just wants to, you know, be closer to his family. Because like he was still living in, in Michigan at the time. And he was commuting from Michigan to Tampa basically every day which like that's brutal like as yeah. somebody who doesn't normally like commuting every day he was i don't know if it was like every day definitely but, not every day or not, Maybe or like, not, not every day he I went think back was, to michigan for the weekends and I, I yeah i think it was like three four days yeah five days he was out on the road and like it's tough people are gonna be like oh why does he just move to tampa it's like people have roots like every somewhere else you know and, like, and also like keep in mind like you also have to to put into the context that especially in in, in pro sports your leash is so small Oh, yeah, for sure. All that trouble, all that time, all that energy, you know, you buy a house, you have kids, you put kids in school, and then, like, a year or two afterwards, it's just like, oh, by the way, we're going to, like, 
fire you and then we're going to go ahead on your way out and you're going to have to go and do everything that you just did all over again. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's yeah, it's tough. Like you, you probably just want to set roots in one place and just like, it's probably tough. I'm sure to like having to constantly move your family, like from place to place, especially if you're like in the sports world where, yeah, nothing is really certain, especially now, like everything is, is so much uncertain. And like, I know, like, obviously people are going to say like, Oh, well, you know, we can just, you know, assume that, you know, things will go back to normal. And then like, you could just travel again. It's like, it's not going to work that way. Uh, But I think like going back and like wrapping up on Vanny really quickly, it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, and like, I hear this all the time with people in my program, uh, especially profs that are like, you know, I like the job. It was great, but like, I want to see what more things I can do. So like, I think that's really what it is. And that's a, a lot like, um, remember the 2015 Pan Am games? Yeah. I was a volunteer for them on the baseball side. And one of the other volunteers there was he played minor league for like a bunch of years in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was with a whole bunch of different organizations. He was saying like, oh, it was great, you know, get paid to play baseball, but it's tough living out of a suitcase. And yeah, it's just like, like, yeah, just to go off of what you were saying. The easiest way to describe this is it's just like, you know, it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, and I think like, or even if it is for everybody, like you need some time off. And I think Mm -hmm. like with what what Vanny is doing is like, he probably, he's made his money. He's, you know, he basically was living in a isolated bubble and he was living in like, what it was like, they were down to Florida. Then they went to Connecticut and they were playing games in Connecticut. And it was just like, you know, it, it's grueling. And I would, I would not be surprised if more like coaches or executives or even players are just like, listen, I need like time to, you know, regroup and reevaluate things because like that mm-hmm. was a hard, like Rick, Rick Bonus said it in the, in the, in the NHL bubble. And we'll get to the NHL in a minute, but like, you know, it's hard, you know, like, yeah. especially now, like, even though like, there's talk like, you know, especially once we get into the new year, we can start to see some, uh, you know, fun atmospheres happening. Like it's still nothing's guaranteed, you know? Oh, nothing is. Yeah. So I think that's what we really need to, to take it with a grain of salt. So, so yeah, going so, back to, to Vanny, just one point I wanted to make was the amount of like how much like, he cared about this team and the and the organization and players like cared about him too. Like you really saw that on social media too, especially in that, in his media availability after it, he was almost like brought to tears talking about the team and all that. Like, I don't know, that goes a lot to show you how like the culture was in Toronto FC and how they were able to be so successful over the last, uh, the last like half a decade almost. So, so yeah, it really yeah. shows like, like how much like respect and like, the culture he implemented in this team, which is why I think that they they will still be a competitive team for another few years at least, just because of of the lasting impact that he that he'd have on them. For sure, yeah. Like it's it's really just initially it's a shock, um, but I mean once you kind of take the time to you know dive in and be like you know what's you know what really it's all about, you're kind of like okay, I understand if that was me in that situation you know i would absolutely agree with that um but i think 
he would go down. He, I think definitely he goes down as like the best soccer coach in, in Canadian history. And like, I know like records are going to be broken, but like, it's going to be a hard time and a hard, you know, resume to follow with, you know, again, like the success that he had in, in a short period of time. Like it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Weird, crazy times. Uh, speaking of weird, crazy times, uh, I guess hockey finally figured their shit out. Um, uh, let's not speak too so, soon. It is the NHL. So we haven't heard officials and we haven't heard hard dates, but the uh, suspicion is right now, or I don't want to say suspicion, but the speculation right now is that we're going to see a 56-game season starting on uh, the 13th of January or 15th of January, one of those two. Um, and, you know, there's still like, that's the base more or less that it's going off of. And, uh, if I'm picturing it correctly, since there's no all-star break, um, you know, I'm assuming it's going to go, you know, well, excuse me. Um, I have hiccups now. It's great. Um, but it's going to go. Um, you know, the way that they have is they're going to have the week of uh, the 28th. So the week, the last week of 2020 is going to be, or the last two weeks of 2021 are going to, or the last week of 2020, first week of 2021 is going to be training camp. And then the 13th, which is a Wednesday will be the official start date. And I'm assuming that if there are no pushbacks and delays, which sorry, but there will be because there's no bubble. Um, you know, I hate to, to be a, a pessimist, but it's just not possible. There would be a lot of um, NFL like things where they had to like reschedule games and, and schedule. I, I think what it's all going to come down to. That's just going to be sports in, in, in the foreseeable future. I think we're going to see a lot of like, especially with hockey, like, you know, uh, you know, I have a love hate relationship with him, but like with Berkey, uh, with Brian Burke, like he basically is going to say like, the owners are going to threaten the players. If they do anything stupid, you're done. Like if you do like, mm-hmm. like going back to baseball with like, like Mike Clevenger and Zach Plezak, when they were just like partying and breaking quarantine during a road trip, then like, you know, hundred percent, they're going to be done. And like, I don't know many franchises where like players would really do that. Like just off of first glance, mm-hmm. like, uh, like the Canadian teams, they there aren't really that many like exorbitant personalities. The Lula Morello team, um, they the not, Islanders, they won't do anything. They're they're incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, like I hate to be a biased one, but like all the Leafs are pretty boring to be honest. Like a lot of them have been abiding by the the rules. Like like Mar- like Mitch Marner and Zach Hyman are just streaming on Twitch. Um, yeah. like. Like Matthews, like everyone obviously thought, like, oh, Matthews did something stupid to get COVID. It's like, no, he was practicing. Relax. McDavid got COVID too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Many people forget about that. Yeah, he just um, didn't have. Uh, he just didn't have uh, Simmons making an ass hat out of himself to to tell it to the public. Well, different market, right? Different market. Kind of went under the radar because of that. Yeah, and like I'm looking around the league about like if any players would be like any like. I don't want to say ass hats, but like the blues maybe because they had a lot of COVID cases before the start of the season, but I think they're going to get to the point where it's like, they're, you know, they've, they've learned their lesson. Uh, the Rangers absolutely are going to have players not give two shits. I'm sorry, but that's, that's, that's I wonder who those players are. 
Oh no, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> um, I dude, that team is such a love hate team because like I like a lot of their players, but like a lot of them are just like if they just. I genuinely of, like, love watching like a player like Mika Zabinajad and seeing him have a like, breakout season. Like looking at all of them, like I don't hate Panarin, I don't hate Zabinajad. Buchnevich is fun. Kakko and Laugh, very small sample size. Can't judge them. Uh, Jacob Truba's a jerk to watch, but don't hate yeah. him. Same with Adam Fox. Uh, the goalies are both Russian. So, oh, sorry, uh, Georgiev is Bulgarian. My bad. Uh, well, he is. His nationality is listed as Russian, but Bulgarian. Born in Bulgaria. Yes. Um, but yeah, like yeah it's like they're those... a fun young team that are like just genuinely fun to watch, and then you know who's uh, ruining it. Yeah, we're not going to mention it by name because he's an asshat, and the organization's already given him a bunch of warnings. See, a few a few weeks ago when his Twitter got deactivated. Yeah, I think that's what it was during the election. Yeah, his Twitter got deactivated, and uh... it got deactivated after he said. He said something about like COVID, like, like speculating that it's like not real. And I think I have a feeling that it was, it, it, it was someone higher up than he is who made him do that. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's one of those things where it's like you, you it, you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. Like you mm-hmm. like them and then it's just like, uh, Mm-hmm. It's like every org has its shit stain, whether it's like a player you don't like for his skill or the latter, which we won't dive into. Um, but yeah, like with hockey, it's so it's so weird because um, like if you look at the um, like I have it right here about the uh, the uh, new agreement, some of the details about the new agreement. Like the fact is, is like, like like the escrow cap is already at twenty percent, which is a huge cut. Yeah. From from years past, and the fact that you know, and like I I don't want to pick sides here, but like the fact of the matter is, is like, okay, we're gonna go ahead and defer money away from you as players because we don't want to pay you right away because we might lose more money, and it's like, it's really strange um how they would want it like basically you are it's almost like you're you're already taking like a 25 percent pay cut but now you have to take a 30 percent pay cut or defer that money to the point of you know whatever and also like so it looks like right now the league is about 140 million dollars in debt oh yeah that's expected now, now keep in mind uh, what was really interesting. Well, did you Brian. see that report that not, not to interrupt, but did you see that report from uh, I saw it earlier today? The score put it out that the MLS has apparently like lost one billion dollars, and that's the MLS. Yeah, like it, it's one of those things where like everyone's gonna lose money. Like mm-hmm. everyone's everyone's losing money. We're, like I think it said like over fifty billion or hundred billion dollars of sporting industry lost to be. In to be completely honest with you, I didn't think the MLS has uh, had a billion dollars to lose. So that just yeah. shows you the growth of the of, of the game in North America. But that, and also you need to realize, like you know that that's very problematic for the for the sport, right? Just because yeah. like how growing soccer is, mm-hmm. and like especially with hockey, like you know they're really really poor, uh, or they want to cry for it a lot. But like a lot of it is just like. 
you know, this pandemic came at a really bad time for the league just because like they're really screwed. Uh, owners are literally scrambling with finances. A lot of players are probably not going to play. They'll probably have to go to Europe. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it's 2013 all over again. Like this is basically a slightly elongated uh, 20, 2023 or not 2023. What am I saying? Uh, 2013. It's like 2013. We had like the long, like it's almost like, do you even remember what you were doing in 2013 when the when the lockout was? Like I was still in grade school. Oh yeah, I was in. I started high school that year. I remember. I was a little, I, a little, a little niner. I think I was in grade seven at that point. Yeah, like grade, you would have been. Yeah, I was in grade seven. And I remember, like, it was a huge deal. And, like, some of my friends, like, I wasn't as into hockey at the time just because, like, I was still fairly young. I mean, like, I wish I was yeah. still that young and not having the bitter disappointment. I, was, I, w- I followed hockey. I wasn't as knowledgeable as I am today because all I did was listen to the to the, the people on Sportsnet and TSN, who I find that I disagree with quite a bit right now lately. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, like, once you get into the – to the media like you start to kind of like wait a second i have thoughts and opinions yes exactly um but yeah like going back to like what hockey is is like it's a brutal situation and like now with the if a 56 game season happens which it looks like it's leading i'd be happy with that yeah i'd be happy with that and like it actually could work out because like keep in mind if if uh you know majority of people do take this vaccine once it's widely available you know, they're saying that you could have full stadiums basically at full capacity by September of next year, which is a huge development. And maybe even sooner, depending on how, how they distribute the vaccine yeah, and stuff. How, yeah, A, distribution, and B, how, you know, effective it is, right? Because Honestly, still- now that you brought that up, the first, the first time they can do that, I want the stadium to be full of just frontline workers and, and nurses and stuff. Oh, for sure. I just, think that- just them. Even if the, I'd even like it if the organizations can give out this free tickets to them and have it filled up with just that. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, for one of my group projects that I did, uh, actually it was due last week. Uh, we had to come up with a say. Oh no, yeah, it was due last week. Uh, we had to come up with a sales plan and uh, like new game initiatives to, uh, you know, basically. Um, you know, trying to recruit fans to the Toronto Argos and ours was to do a uh, frontline hero night, which for the CFL, you could absolutely do that because, you know, this, and I, I'm probably going to get, you know, if my prof watches, he's probably going to be like, yeah, we like gave you a shitty mark. Um, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, logistically, you could do it because, um, you know, the season's going to start in May. Um by around April or May, you're going to hope that a lot more people would have access to the vaccine. Uh, healthcare workers, you could definitely put in there because they could see like, okay, maybe your your guidelines and whatnot are very helpful. And also for the Argos, like going back to that, like, you know, they're the largest or not the largest, very much not the largest, um, but they are the oldest uh, active sport franchise in North America to date. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got that that rich history, um, even though unfortunately nobody gives a shit. Uh, but yeah, like going into that point, like I think absolutely you need to do that. But like, I think what the league is really looking at, we're not going to know. I think 
we're not going to know a decision until next week, and it's going to be for one reason. And I think you might know the reason. It's because uh, what, what starts on Friday. What does start on Friday? NBA preseason. Oh, yes. So yes. once the NBA preseason goes from Friday to uh, – or yeah, from the 11th until I believe the 20th, that sample size, especially the first few games, the NHL is going to look at, okay, here's how this franchise did it. Here's how this franchise did it. And here's how we can do it for our friend, our leagues. Mm-hmm. And nothing, nothing goes better than, than the NHL copying what the NBA does. Well, I mean, Gary, that's where Gary Bettman got his start with the NBA. Yeah, he did. Uh, um, but yeah, it's one of those things where I think with, with hockey, um, it's going to be like the way that the schedule is lined up right now, it ends, I think, around middle of July at the latest, which means you could do like uh, off season in August instead of July. Um, you could do September, like late September preseasons, and then you can start like maybe middle of October, and then you kind of have that normalcy back for for the sport mm-hmm. because like you know January first, like regardless of this this stalemate and this impasse with uh, with the owners and the players. January 1st was very optimistic. Yeah. Honestly, you brought up the NBA. Not to, like, completely switch topics, but I'm very interested to see how the Raptors, like, set up in Tampa Bay. Like, are they going to allow fans in the stadium? Because Florida does whatever the hell they want, apparently. Are they... Uh, did you see the video of uh, of Masai putting the Lucky Toonie underneath the... Yes, uh, the I did see that. Okay, good. So that's... uh. That's very, very promising. The fact that they're keeping. Tradition. I wonder if they like remarket themselves at all while they're in Tampa. I wouldn't like to be completely honest with you. If they do remarket themselves, the NBA is going to be like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, just more of a reason why we could expand into Florida again and try and, and try and tap into that market. And like, Florida is not a great state for sports teams. It really isn't. Like, if you think about it, like, what? Okay, the Miami Heat. They did. They, they their fans are so fair weather. They like show up when the team's doing well. Yeah, exactly. And and that's like, it. And and realistically speaking, if you go to Florida, you're not going to Florida for a sporting event. You're going to Florida for the beach, and you're going to Florida for like. You're Disney going to World. Miami to party and do some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're going to Miami to party. You're going to Orlando for Walt Disney World, and you're going to like Fort Lauderdale, Tampa, to like retire and play golf. Yeah. Which like that's basically. All you no one's no one's going to Tampa Bay to watch the Rays in that dump of a stadium. They need to get a new stadium. Uh, but like going back to the NBA, like I think what it all comes down to is like they and, and if anything, like hockey needs to look at what the NBA does because they have a lot of teams sharing the same the same uh, you know stadiums. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know Boston plays in TD Garden. Uh, Chicago, I think, plays in United Center. Um, Philly and Wells Fargo. Oh, that's true. There's more opportunity there for like um, cross contamination. Is that the right word? Yeah, or, it's uh... mo- more or less that because, like, mm-hmm. you know, with the way that things are, like, you know, people could absolutely get infected because, like, it, it, you know, the virus stays on on you know objects too, right? And that's the scary yeah. part. Unless the only thing. Is like if they find a way, like the stadium staff 
finds a way to like be able to have like separate entrances and hallways for like the NBA teams and separate ones for like the hockey teams just to help limit the amount of uh, contact that that like each team has and stuff. And the thing that kind of worries me a little bit, like I know that you mentioned that, is the fact is, is that, you know, okay, some franchises are going to have it easier just because they're the only franchise in their building, like Cleveland, Indiana, Milwaukee, um, you know, uh, Atlanta. Thrashers won't have to worry about any COVID cases. Um, But, like, it's one of those things where I think – I keep saying one of those things. I catch myself doing that, but, like (laughs) – uh, I think what it all comes down to, that's a new, a new, uh, you know, wordplay right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, I think regardless, you're going to have to have COVID cases among like the NBA and, and the NHL. It's impossible to do without a, a true bubble, but of course you can't do it with a bubble. The thing that I'm worried about is, and I, I read this earlier, I don't know if you read it, was hockey essentially wanting to, uh, do like kind of baseball style uh, three game series instead of uh, you know you travel every day and like whatnot. But as much as I want that, like it, it, I don't think it's possible. Cause yeah. Just because like because like again the NBA are going to be playing games, so like I don't think personally there should be any form of you know of there shouldn't be any form of like you know extended stay but it's 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 really 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 weird like i don't i can't know. i can't wait until the nba season starts we actually have stuff to talk about <laughs> that's actually happening funny story about the nba i was talking with my cousin because like we haven't really we usually like uh if we talk it's only sports so i was asking him because like uh we were talking with uh our buddy cole and he was like you know harden's the biggest baby he's not reporting to camp he's partying at like nightclubs in vegas and atlanta and like i was talking to my cousin i was just like okay vegas i understand but why atlanta what's in atlanta and he was just like oh it's some rapper's birthday and i was like okay so i asked him the next question i'm like okay so when do you how long do you think harden holds out Literally, not even two minutes later, he sends me the Woj tweet that Harden reported to camp, and I'm just like, hmm, I should have kept my damn mouth shut. Um, And those quarantine rules that the NBA put out, I'm not sure how Harden's going to be able to follow those. (laughs) I I think everyone's going to break them within at least two weeks. What was it? It was uh, Lou Williams who left because he had to go get get wings at a certain uh, strip club. Yeah, wings. Wink, wink. Yeah. Well, no, I, apparently I did see a picture of the wings. I mean, like wings and some other stuff. Yeah, probably. some other That's stuff good. too, for sure. But like, it was a two for one special. Yeah. It's the way that you it go. Is. You go for the wings and stay for the for the other dessert stuff. for the dessert. Yeah, you go for the wings, stay for the dessert. Yeah, that's uh, that's really really strange when it comes to how NBA players operate. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of like, did you see the Stephen A. Smith rant about uh, players in the bubble where it's like, you honestly think that players are going to last? Like, why do you think they wanted to go to Vegas? You could bring your ladies to Vegas. Why do you think everybody, like, I guarantee these players aren't going to last two weeks, let alone, you know, three months in a bubble. Because, you know, all these NBA stars, which goes into coincide with our, our article that we read, about the NBA mm-hmm. uh, athletes who have apparently slept with the most women. Apparently they cannot live without that. 
but it's okay because Mike Milbury thinks that hockey players can. Yeah. And then, and then of course we saw that pit, that video of the, the condom pack on the floor, on the, the ground. I think it was in, I can't remember if it was here or if it was in Edmonton. I think it <laughs> might've been in Edmonton just because like, you know, Alberta and whatnot, like, we love Alberta, but y'all are a bunch of crazy MFers. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's not talk about Alberta because there's no baseball, <laughs> no baseball in Alberta. Um, no. So the Jays, the Jays have been reportedly been waiting to make a move and are going to be making a move soon, which means that they're not going to make a move. They're probably going to pick up two other pitchers on waivers. Like that's it, right? Like I don't yeah. know. Man. The amount of names that the Blue Jays are linked to is yeah. ridiculous. Um, so I'll kill one rumor. Um, per Jeff Passan, apparently uh, the Mets are the favorites to land George Springer, which honestly doesn't surprise me just because like – The Mets are going to be in on everybody too. Their new but, owner really wants them to be competitive. But it's one of those things where like if you look at the Mets roster, like I think Springer fits more there. And I think what it all comes down to is like if the if the Jays do make a move, I think it has to come via trade. Yeah. Just, be, just because like I know free agency, like there's a lot of intriguing names like like the Trevor Bowers, like the Real Mutos, like like this, like that. Like I don't know realistically. Like if you look at the trade market, I don't know like what ideally it looks like right now. But there's some, like like we saw last night like the White Sox made a a move for uh, for Lance, Lance Lynn. Lynn yeah which our which one of our buddies was was uh, I don't know if you saw that he he claimed that the White Sox lost that trade which I don't know how you lose that trade. Lance Lynn is solid man he may not have like he may not be the youngest guy ever but he's he's a solid guy especially if you can get him in like in like the middle of your of your rotation which is what he will be that's a solid uh, starting lineup they got. And then you also have to take into yeah, like uh, like I'm on uh, like oh, sorry rotation. starting rotation not starting lineup. Yeah, and like looking at the rotation right now for for MLB, it's really good, man. Like for for the White Sox right now, like you got uh, you got Giolito already as your your ace. You have Keuchel, you have Lynn, you have Cease, you have Kopech. That's all the five you need right there. Like they want to go for it. And I honestly think they have the tools now to do it. They just need to get a better bullpen and like, see you later. Um, But like going back to the Jays really quickly, like I honestly think that there are only like a couple, I saw one person say that they should go out and get like a, like a Brad hand to go to their, uh, to their bullpen, which I would honestly like because Brad hand, although he was on Cleveland and people are going to say, Oh, Cleveland's a bunch of chokers. And da, 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 da. it's like, they are, but you're going to tell me that you would not want a Brad hand on your team. I would want him on my team, especially because like when you look at uh, left-handed relievers, they're like, what literally the most rare, rare form of relievers of the, in the league, like a left-handed like pitcher in baseball to me is like uh a right-handed shot defenseman in hockey. Like they are hard to come by, but everybody values them. And then when you overpay and overvalue one, then they're just going to poop the bed. Well, poop it hard. I did find this one article by the 
from the score that came out earlier today where they're ranking the Toronto Blue Jays, all the players that are linked to the Toronto Blue Jays in free agency. And it's a list of 18 players. Would you like me to pull it up and we'll go through it? Just read it to me and I'll tell you which ones I think are. I can share my screen. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, like nobody's going to see it. It's just going to be you and me, but like, yeah, well, just so, just, just so you can uh, see it. Okay. So I'll, I don't know. I don't know how you want to do this. Like, I don't know if we're just going to. There you go. Can you see it? Yes, I can. I just see a big zoom logo right now. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm going back to it. There you go. Okay. Oh, okay. I already know what number 18 is. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, I'd scroll down to the bottom because it started at one, the article. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) All right, so, uh, excuse me. Uh, Eighteen is Andrelton Simmons. Like, like, okay. Here's the thing with that, uh, with that name. Like, I love Simmons. If I had to pick, like, yeah. the best defensive shortstop not named Trevor Story, I'd say it was actually. I don't know if I were to go like based on defense, it would go like Lindor, Story, and then Simmons. Yeah, Simmons is definitely an elite defender. He has been for like his whole career. Just like it's just like he doesn't bring much offensive upside at all. I mean, he's an okay offensive upside, but like the thing is, if you have Bichette, that's going to be better. Like, I don't know if I would see myself really. Yeah, at, at that point, I'd rather have Bichette. At... Exactly. Yeah. Right, so okay, okay, scroll up to seventeen. We've got Stephen Matz. No picture. Why no picture? I guess like I don't the... know. Uh, yeah, this one was rumored a couple days ago. Uh, honestly, like if the Mets get a Bauer, they could do this trade easily. Um, I think mm-hmm. most likely they would go out and get a Bauer, but like, even still, like, look at the road, like, imagining a rotation of like DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Bauer, Mats, or even Lugo in that, like, yeah. that would be gross. Well, well, let's look at it from Blue Jays, um, perspective. I don't think it would take yeah. much to get him off of the Mets hands or yeah, off of the Mets hands. I think you just a few prospects of the, on like a mid-level, like a mid-tier prospect even. And then if, if anything, they can just like, you can do like a, a bad contract. They can eat yeah. the prospect. Cause they kind of did that. Well, actually no, they didn't really, but like, I don't want to say they ate a bad contract, but like they ate bad players mm-hmm. because well, they got Rick Porcello and Michael Waka, which were mm-hmm. fun. Well, let's look at this from like a Blue Jays perspective, how their rotation would look with a Steven Matz, just because, I don't know. It's, it, it is kind of worrying me a tiny bit that they haven't locked up Walker yet, just because I thought he was a lock for sure to come back. Yeah, that one's a little suspicious to me. I'm not sure what the holdup is, um, mm-hmm. just because, like, you know, that's the way that things – and he's are. also said on Twitter too that he's uh he's really interested in coming back, replying to a Blue Jays fan's tweet. So yeah, is it gonna be like uh, Abaka, where like Abaka wanted to come back, but like there was never a, a legitimate option? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like it might be, like realistically. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so 16 is Mike Fires. No. Like I don't know. I I I I dig him just for his facial hair. No, because here's the thing: you already took a gamble on a guy like that in Rourke. I don't think you'd want to do the same yeah. thing twice with Fires. I don't know. I feel like Fires is like it's like there's two different uh, Mike Fires you can get. 
I listened to a podcast one time. I can't remember who it was, um, but they were interviewing Greg Zahn and like Zahn was just tearing him a new one about like he was a snake. He was doing this. He was doing that. Greg like, Zahn is still a around and kicking. Yeah, apparently. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Fires, I take a pass on. I already know who 15 is based on the, the description. Oh, yeah. Which is Jay. Ha- Honestly, I wouldn't mind it. Back yeah. end guy wouldn't mind that at all. Veteran more depth, guy. yeah. Been Veteran here before. Guy. Yeah, one of the um one of the better names to get. Um I know he's older, but like he had a good season despite being like 37, yeah. 38. Would, wouldn't like, mind it at all. One one only if it, only probably like a one plus one yeah. deal. That's probably what it would be. And make it the option yeah. of team. And like Hap will come back because like he likes he likes it here. Um, yeah. 14's very surprising to me. I thought Colton Wong would be a lot higher up on the list in terms of probability. I don't know. I, I really like Colton Wong. If you can get him. If so. you if you do get Wong, I think one of – I think Biggio either moves to the outfield or mm-hmm. I think trade's coming with one of your outfielders, probably a Guriel or probably a Gritchick. The only thing is if, I, if you get a second baseman in Wong, has he played shortstop? Um, I believe I'm, I'm going off of MLB, uh, MLB the show <laughs> logic. Um, but I believe he, I'll check actually right now. I think he either because he I'd rather trade. have someone who can play shortstop because I'd, I'd rather see them move the shit to third. Yeah, that's what and, I was thinking. And because so, I like Biggio at second, I would, I'm not sure if I really want him playing, uh, playing the outfield. I like him at second. So he's listed as a perma second baseman, but in an MLB the show, which is the real info, uh, he he could play center field. I think most likely he's just a, a second baseman. So like, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's one I'd of those things. Have, maybe that's why he's ranked lower on the list, just because he. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like Travis Shaw in a way. Yeah. Um, thirteen, I would be very interested in Gene Segura, yeah. just because mm-hmm. like he's kind of a guy who. Um, he could play third. He could play short. He could play second. He you, could play you, every. I love guys like that who can use yeah anyway. He, he's utility. He's speedy. He's only thirty. He's still pretty fast. If you had to pick between, if I had to pick between him and Simmons, I'd probably go with Segura just because like you're getting a more you're complete getting, player. Yeah, you're getting more out of him, and he's younger. Yeah, exactly. And also, like you have to realize, like if even if Guerrero could go at third, which I know he wants to try and, and, and influence there. Speaking of girl, have you seen him now? He's, he's looking good, <laughs> dude. I want whatever diet he's on, dude. Like he yeah. looks like a stud right now. He's looking good, man. It's better than his dad in his prime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Segura, it's one of those things where I don't think it would be that much to trade for him just because like the Phillies want to like, when the Phillies want to move Zach Wheeler after year one of that deal, it looks like they're gonna they're gonna try to tear it down and build around Harper. <laughs> yeah, they're they're gonna have to sell hard, and like I'd yeah. take I'd take him pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so twelve is Michael Brantley. Um, mixed, very mixed, because mm-hmm. if, if I'm getting Michael Brantley from a few years ago, absolutely. But the problem is, is like how much term does he want right to me that's the that's the big thing it depends on like the kind of contract he wants the kind of money too and also also the term the term being more important for me yeah and like another thing like i feel like he would be a perfect dh caliber 
player to sign. Yeah. Like if you look at teams, like thinking off the top of my head here, like if I'm a Tigers, if I'm the Tigers, I'd pick him up, even though like Comerica Park's like the de facto worst ballpark in, in Major League Baseball. Um, but like, uh, you know, another team that I'd, I'd be interested, I'd be interested to see what he would do in, uh, I was going to say the White Sox, but they have way too many outfield options. Uh, I would like to see what he could do in a, with a team like, uh, I had the name, like an Oakland, I think would be perfect for him because like, yeah. I know Oakland has a very bad ballpark, but like, he's more or less kind of a small ball hitter where like, he'll just get on base. He'll go for base hits and stuff like that. So like, I feel like him as like a, a left-handed option, especially because I think in the outfield in Oakland, they don't have any left-handed bats. Um, so, like, it would be another name to add. So, like, him coming to Toronto, I wouldn't bet on it. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, so, 11's Taiwan Walker. I would love mm-hmm. this, but again, like, I don't know what they're really looking for. Yeah, we already did kind of touch on this earlier. I would love to have him back. <laughs> he would make the rotation a lot better. And he's just likable. Like, yeah. He's kind of like, you know, like that pitcher, like, I don't know if he played any, like, franchise mode and MLB The Show in a couple Not of years. Not for a few years. But, like, he was, like, one of the guys on the free agent market where it's like, okay, got to go for him. And, like, his overall and his potential was always really high. He's still, like, 29? He's, like, 29, 30. And, like, obviously, yeah. like, with, with Tommy John, like, it's kind of a turnoff. But, like, he's proven to be very He's good a very good, is. like, he'd be, he's a very good, like, 2-3 guy probably leaning more towards a two guy exactly yeah it's gonna be one of those things where mm-hmm. i think especially with like ryu and pearson and like bringing back mm-hmm. ray like i know it says in the article like you know he, it's it's tough but i i would personally go with it just for familiarity mm-hmm. um but you know again a lot can change on a win uh so now we're getting into the top 10 so jake, jake order is he i i i like that that would really help it the would, rotation. It would be a great marketing tactic for the city of Vaughn just to get all the friggin' wops to the <laughs> soon to be tore down Skydome. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's one of those <laughs> oh, things. That, that's where, another thing we haven't touched on yet. We'll get to that. We'll get to that at the end just because it's, it's yeah. a huge. It's very interesting. It's a huge thing. But yeah, like with, I think Order is kind of like my top ask. And apparently they're very aggressive on him, which like I would love that. I've been beating the drum for a while. Yeah, uh, like good fit, strikes out a lot of batters, head injury trouble, but like again, like it's one of those things where you know, twenty twenty was such a bonkers year that many people's values are going to kind of tank. So I would, I feel like he would, his value would kind of, I don't know only, if like he only pitched thirteen point two innings last year. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, some people were saying, like, maybe you go and uh, take, like, uh, or you try and bet on yourself and be like, hey, like, this was a wash, but, like, I know I can do this, this, and this. Like, it's going to be very, I don't know, it's very odd. Uh, but I think he would be more open because, like, they were in on him last year, uh, and then he took his, he took the, uh, his, the option to go back to Minnesota, and obviously that didn't really work out for him. Uh, but then it's also kind of one of those things where I don't know if like he has experience in the AL East. He's been with the like the Red Sox or not the Red Sox, uh, the the Rays, the Rays before he's pitched with the Twins. Like he knows the AL, mm-hmm. but like it's going to be one of those things where like yeah, again dollars and cents. If I'm the Angels, mm-hmm. I would throw money at him. 
Uh, Joe Musgrove. This is an interesting name. Very, very interesting. Because uh, many people forget that Joe Musgrove was once upon a time a potential Blue Jay um, because uh, way back when, I'm totally not checking this out on the fly, uh, he was drafted by the Jays in, uh, in 2011. Uh, obviously, he went unsigned uh, out of the, the draft. He then ended up in uh, with he then ended up, of course, with the uh, everyone's favorite baseball team uh, in the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm, my favorite. Um, I love how you said that. Where it's just like it sounded like you were talking about like favorite ice cream. It's like, ooh, my favorite. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, he was, he was actually a part of a huge trade that got the Blue Jays, David Carpenter, Jay Happ, mm-hmm. and Brandon Lyon. Oh, I remember uh, that trade. Yeah. Uh, initially, not a good one, just because Happ's first goal around was not fun. Uh, but it obviously paid off in the end because he, he figured it out and he bounced mm-hmm. back. Musgrove was a guy, in all honesty, going back to the trade deadline. I thought he was kind of a shoe-in to come here. Yeah. Uh, really a guy that has some potential. Um, still fairly think, young too. I think if Pittsburgh was really smart, even though I know that they're very tight on cash, even though like they basically had like the lowest budget in Major League Baseball, if I'm I was them, I would maybe try and I think they said that Alejandro Kirk would have been in the the ask, which is not mm-hmm. a surprise. So I would maybe ask for like maybe like you take on Rourke's contract. And then you get the incentive in Kirk because they don't have a lot of catching depth. So like, I would say, I'd say that would work because like, if you look at the pirates, like they have, they have first base with bell, even though he's very spotty, uh, Kevin Newman's good. Brent Reynolds had a rough year, but I think he's pretty solid. Um, there's another name, Colin Moran's okay at third. Like they have a decent core, and it's just like behind the plate. Like they haven't had that guy behind the plate that they've had for really set, even before they had Francisco Cervelli, who was made out of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for real. But now that you have Musgrove, former uh, Italian national team baseball catcher. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned, <laughs> now that Mus- now that Musgrove's on the list, I have a funny feeling like another name is in the top five, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Marcel Ozuna comes in at number eight. I really, really like Ozuna. I think he'd be a really good fit here. Would love it, but here, but again, like I hate to be like the 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 pessimist here. I just don't. I would not like. I'm one of those guys that's not a fan of the perma DH anymore. Like I loved it, obviously back when like you had like Encarnacion and like all that, but like. Mm-hmm. The DH, I think, was more of an excuse of big men to stay around. With Ozuna, he's an okay defender in the outfield. He's not perfect, but like you, you only know him for his bat. And like I know he yeah. hit freakish numbers over the last couple of years. And like he's hit thirty, he's hit close to thirty home runs and and you know stuff when he was with the Marlins. But like, it's one of those things where I think like okay, he hit eighteen home runs last year, which is very impressive in the, shortened I, season. in the shortened season, which is very impressive and, and 56 RBIs, which again, very impressive. Um, but, you know, Randall Grishik who hit only 12 at 35, which is arguably just as good, even though I'm not a huge Grishik guy. 
and Teoscar Hernandez went 16 dingers and 34 ribbies. Like you're getting the same production. And also you have to think like, like Hernandez is two years younger than Ozuna and Grichuk's yeah, one year. So mm-hmm. I think with, with him, like, especially when it comes to outfielders, I don't think that the team is looking to go ahead and add anymore. Just cause like, again, like Biggio could play the outfield if needed. I would not prefer it though. Um, Jonathan Davis is your fourth outfielder is not horrible. I honestly liked him the second half of the season when he was called up. Um, and like they had, they have a lot of depth. Like, I don't know if this is going to sound like very like pessimistic and very like snobby, but like you can replace, um, you can rep- go ahead and replace outfielders and get outfield depth easier than infield depth. Yeah. Just because, like, any, I don't want to say anybody can play the outfield, but like, more people are more inclined to play the outfield than the infield, just because, like, the mm-hmm. outfielders are more like people that are, you know, prone to hit 20 to 30 home runs, people that are prone to drive in 30 plus RBIs. So, like, with Ozuna, like, I know the Universal DH is, is kibosh, so he would co- probably come to the AL if he needed to. I don't think he comes here. I mm-hmm. think it, if I was the I think Yankees, it's a bit of a long shot as well. If I was but, the Yankees, I would go for him. But then again, like mm-hmm. them, poor, them poor Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, uh, if, anyways, let's move on. Let's try to get no, through these ones yeah. a, little, a little more quickly. Sevens, JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, mixed, loves defense, spotty bat. Um, another left-handed bat would be nice, especially in the outfield. I think he's an upgrade. Over, I, I think I'd like him better than Gritchuk to be completely honest with you. If yeah, we well, can find a way if we can find a team that'll take on Gritchuk's contract and like well, we trade him away. Well, Gritchuk has a career hitter is, is 246, Jackie Bradley Jr. is 239. So, Gritchuk, yeah, but I like his, I don't know, I like, I like, I like Bradley Jr. better at defense. And when he does go on, get on base, he's at least more of a threat. And he is, I think, more inclined to steal bases. So, yeah, I, I would like it, but he brings more. Like for when he does get on base, I would like it. But like again, like I, I he'll hate be playing be in a in a hitter's ballpark with. Uh... And he is very familiar with the ballpark, and like he yeah. hasn't made he hasn't made that much money. Like the most money he's made is like eleven million bucks. Like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against signing him to like maybe like a one year deal or two year deal at like twenty four million twelve twelve mil per, because like Grichuk's making like a hair above ten, which is pretty expensive. Yeah. So like. You know, and I know people are going to look at that as like, oh, that's peanuts. But like, you know, you have to think about like how much, you know, you're getting. I think personally, the only way I see it is if a platoon and then maybe you have like five potential outfielders in your depth. You might need a taxi squad too. You might need the extra depth for like, because who yeah. knows the door. Yeah, because who knows if minor league baseball is even going to happen. Yeah. Um, Anyways, move on. Sixty Real Moto. This is a This is a weird one to me. I don't think you need it to be completely yeah, honest. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Cause like Jensen, he has a spotty bat, but like defensively, like he's really good. Like I really, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I just said Casey Jensen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, of Danny Jensen, and yeah, like I think he's a terrific defender. He's a terrific uh, game manager. Um, I, his bat is spotty, but. And also you have Alejandro Kirk coming up now too, who really impressed us. It's one of those things where it's like, I, this is going to sound really 
douchey. Catchers don't normally hit. Like, there are very few, like, prone yeah. offensive catchers. Like, he's obviously the best name. Like, Posey's another one that I think is, like, more known for his defense, but, like, he's got a very solid bat. Hit, can hit 300. Salvador um, like, Perez in his, in his heyday? Yeah, like, once upon a time, those guys. But, yeah. like, like, I'm trying to think of, like, who else. Like, Russell Yasmani, Martin in his heyday. Uh, maybe, like, like maybe, like, what, Yasmani Grandal maybe is, like, mm-hmm. the only other name I can think of. But, like, yeah. I don't think that he really – like, I think, like, if you look at the Mets, the Mets would really be inclined to get him just because, like, they need a catcher and they're willing to spend the money. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I also think Real Muto would be too expensive for the Blue Jays, especially where there, where to me, there's other areas of need that are way more that they need way more than a than a catcher because I think they're pretty solid at the catcher position. Yeah, exactly. Like their depth is pretty mm-hmm. good, and like even if they need to move on from a guy, like I think McGuire would still fetch a pretty good value. All right, number five, Justin Turner. Um, no, no. For me, I don't, I don't, I don't want him at all. To be honest, I, not I just because of all. his COVID thing, but like he's on the wrong side of thirty now. He'll be cost a lot of money. I feel like he'll be on the decline. He'll cost a lot of money, and I feel like there's better options too. Like I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Bichette go to third base, and you get a like a better shortstop, like perhaps a Lindor trade, which apparently talks on that have been, have been or rumors at least have been heating up. So, so we'll see. Because if you yeah, like I feel like the, there's better things you can do than Justin Turner. Yeah, exactly. And like you know, I know like Guerrero's kind of fighting for that spot. Like I don't know what he's doing, but like I, it's, I'm perfectly fine with keeping uh, Vladdy at first too. Yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like again, like the the grass is greener with different options. Yeah. Uh, G- DJ Lemayhew, he's another one where I'm just like similar to like Justin Turner. I think there's better options you can get. Yeah, like the thing with DJ and like his age um, scares me, and the term that he's gonna want and the money he's gonna want is what scares me too. I wouldn't be surprised if again, like I hate to keep bringing up the Mets, but like they'll they'll pay for him. (laughs) Yeah, and and now you're saving a bunch of money with with Robinson Cano not going on your your like not being paid basically to play. I think it's full season or half a season. Like that money's basically flat. So you can mm-hmm. use that money in in many different uh, different. Yeah, that, that's something that has sure. a, that that's a Met signing written all over it. Exactly, and like they're usually the guys to get those uh, those uh, very big time, um, kind of like older wrong side of thirty guys. Yeah, they did that with Jed Lowry. They did it with Yuan Cespedes. Why not do it again? No, and at number three. As alluded to earlier, Francisco Lindor, who I would absolutely love. I think it's one of those things that he, I don't know if he really, I think he really, really liked Shapiro and Atkins just because like they, they drafted him, they helped develop him, um, you know, and they really kind of helped turn him into the, mm-hmm. well, I mean, like, it's also one of those things where like, cause like Ross Atkins was a huge part in the developmental process in, in Cleveland. So I think he really left a good impression on, on Lindor. I, um, speaking of uh, Shapiro and Atkins, I have something to say, but we'll do that after. I have a funny feeling. I know what it's going to be, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like one of those things where, um, you know, the only way I see this happening is if Pachette moves to third but I think Bichette would be a phenomenal third baseman. I don't think he really cares, to be honest, because, like, his, his old man, I think, was – oh, no, his old man was an outfielder. Yeah. 
Um, like, I don't think he really cares. He's a hitting coach now too, Dante, right? Yeah. So like, you can kind of go, you know, hand in hand with that. It kind of reminds me of, I remember when they put, I think they put Donaldson at shortstop for a couple of games, which was kind of funny. No, like no, my favorite was, uh, was Russell Martin at third. Or at short, yeah. Or Kendris Morales mm-hmm. in the outfield. Like, yeah, think, they did a lot of weird stuff with those Gibby years. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it was just Gibby at the end. Just I love I love Gibby, but man, he was a wild card. He's like, screw it, I'm going yeah. down with the ship. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, again, like with Lindor, I want him so badly. But again, it's it's going to be one of those things where it's like, the trade has to make sense and he's going to want to have to play here for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And like considering he's going to be making, uh, you know, with his option, I think he's going to be making, well, he's heading into arbitration too. Right. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I think Cleveland would probably be one of those guys to like go and sign him beforehand. Yeah. Um, But like for 2021, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I want it, but is it realistic? I don't know. Uh, so two is Trevor Bauer. I want this so badly just to be a big F you to, oh, to Rob Manford. I've been, you know, I've been beating this drum since, since the off season basic even started. I've been beating this drum for a long time. I love Trevor Bauer. I love the energy he brings. I love how he's fun. There's not many fun players in baseball. He's one of the few. And, oh my God, I feel like the market too of Toronto would absolutely like, like love someone like Trevor Bauer. He's, Oh, I, I I can't say enough good things about him. I want him so bad. I yeah. to a ten year deal. I don't even care. Isn't he thirty? I don't care. Okay. Well, I mean, just... <laughs> um, you, so number you, you're you're paying for the first five five years of that deal. It, 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 the next five years, who cares? <laughs> this is very true. So number one basically kills my uh tweet or my tweet basically kills it from earlier, which is uh George Springer. Um. Like, here's the thing, like, with Springer, I think he's going to want to demand too much. And, like, now that the Mets – I think, like, to be honest, of the top three, which were Bauer, Lindor, and uh, and Springer, I think two go to the Mets. Lindor, I mean, like, I still think the Dodgers are still the front runners to get Lindor just because they have the pieces to do it. Um, I don't know if they would give up Corey Seager, um, but, like, Lindor – on that team in general is just nasty. And I'm sure they could probably move Corey Seager to third if they need to. They'll probably um, lose Turner. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, mm-hmm. they're probably like, people are going to be like, Oh, like we thought the season was a wash. Then they'd be like, screw it. Lindor it's short, uh, Seager at third, uh, mm-hmm. Gavin Lux, or no, they probably give up Gavin Lux, uh, en- Enrique Kike Hernandez at second. And then, uh, I don't know who their first base. Oh, Bellinger. No, Bellinger's not their first baseman. He's their center mm-hmm. fielder. Uh, Max Muncy at first. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be deadly. But, like, with Springer, uh, I mean, I don't know. Any uh, final thoughts before we move on? The more likely names, I'm surprised, were very low on the list. Yeah. It's like I thought that they would really. I, I think they're. I don't. Th- I think they were ranking them more based on like the type of player they are than the, what the Blue Jays' chances would be. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those things where like we, you know, we're kind of playing their hand a little too forward. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's going to be that uh, crazy. Anyway, so yeah. So 
what were you about to say to to the to the Shatkins group? I got really, 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 really irritated on Twitter a few days ago because I'm still seeing these Blue Jays fans with their heads stuck in in 2015, saying how Ross Atkins and Shapiro have done absolutely nothing. They're terrible at what they do. And Atkins is apparently a yes man to Shapiro, which is that a bad thing? Is it bad to be a yes man to the best, one of the best MLB executives of all time? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, what it all comes down to is they were they they wanted to spend, and I think what it all came down to, and like I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, but it's one of those things where, with this city and this country, when you give them a taste of winning they want more because they see what happens in the States um, with, you know, cities like Boston, cities like New York, cities like, cities like Pennsylvania with Pittsburgh and Philly, uh, cities True. like, uh, you know, states like California where like every single team gets there, um, you know, things like that, right? Like they want to mm. be a dynasty. And, and the thing is, is like, Really, there hasn't been a Canadian dynasty for years. I think like the, the last close one was like the Habs in the seventies. Well, like here's here's the thing, like I don't know like what the you're talking about. Like the Toronto Blue Jays, 2015-16, Those teams are old. You had to you had to move on from them. That team, if they stayed together for one another year, they weren't going to make the playoffs. It wasn't going to happen. They were old and run down. And you, I understand. Um, the previous administration, um, the the the, uh, the previous uh, general manager Alex Anthopoulos doing what he did to try to make a run, and it almost worked out. But you got to get your head out of your ass and stop living in 2015. Like the fact that they were able to build, they they have built one of the best young rosters in all of baseball that will be competitive for the next decade. Um, you can you can you can save this podcast and bring that up. They will and, and use it against me. If you have to, that's how confident I am in this team and in Atkins and Shapiro, they, and they did it by only missing three years of playoffs. Give me a break. And you're going to complain about that. Shut up. Like, like just, just get out of 2015 already. Like it's, it, it's sad. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, People don't, and it's one of those things where, like, yeah, they got so close in 2015 and 2016 and like, too, and 20. I'd say more 15. I yeah, still, 15 I still was a much better team. I still believe if they would have went to the World Series, they would kill the Mets. Yeah, like, that goes without saying. Yeah, I wonder if that Amish beard kid, uh, if he never did what he did. I never, I made never, it. I'm never gonna be over that. That never. that was that. That's like the the kid grabbing the baseball from the from Jeter. Yeah, for Jeter. Yeah. Yeah, for Jeter. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think this one's more egregious because this one wasn't a legitimate reaching out and mm-hmm. catching motion. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really, really insane. I don't know how you, how you, how you allow that to happen still with all the cameras and stuff you have, and how blatantly obvious it was that you that you allow that to like it, it decided the game. I know it happened in like the third inning or something like that, but it did, yeah. And like you know, I know realistically, you look at the. Uh, like the way the game ended and they're like, Oh, you know, it was chance and all this stuff. And it was just like, yes, but 
Yes, know, the Blue Jays still left two stranded with zero out in the ninth inning, down by one. But, but yeah, that, that decided the game in the third inning. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it was really just uh, – I am there. I don't know if I'll ever really be over that. Mm-hmm. Just because of how, uh, you know, things are. But, again, like, you don't really know what's uh, – you know what's what's gonna happen. Um, so pretty quickly, um, let's talk about the the friggin' dome going down. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, let's try to get get our thoughts all pretty quickly. I just realized we are going pretty. It's gonna be a longer one, <laughs> which is funny because there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Sky Dome getting torn down. Very mixed feelings about that, to be honest. I am happy about it, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, whatever it has its memories. Back-to-back World Series, seeing countless, countless Blue Jays games there. It's a concrete nothing. It just has zero personality to it, and it's just – it's literally just a personality-less concrete dome. Yeah, it's very dull, especially like when yeah. you walk into like the higher uh, – like 500 areas. It's very dull, Pretty very bad. boring. And the overall experience of watching a game there, like, don't get me wrong, it's amazing when there's, like, 45,000 uh, fans inside of it. Like, that, 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 that'll that always give me goosebumps. But, like, unless you're sitting in, like, those four sections that are behind the home plate or even up in the 500s behind home plate or 200s, basically, if you're not sitting anywhere behind home plate, you, you get a blind spot on the field. It's not great for viewing baseball. Yeah, exactly. Like the last game that I went there and watched was back in 20. Yeah, it was 2019. Yeah. And like I was watching in the 500s and like it wasn't it was fun just because like, again, like the 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 weather was fine, like all that stuff. Like then you kind of like when I was leaving, especially because I left way before the game ended because like I didn't pay for the tickets. Um, (laughs) But it was one of those things where it's like, you know. I walking down from the uh, from the 500, that little uh, mm-hmm. ramp, like that slope. I was just like, man, this is depressing. Like it's just, it's just very... nothing. It's just concrete and nothing and bricks on the yeah. walls. But yeah, like it has its moments where, like all the fa- like I said, like with for the 45,000 screaming fans. Like my sister went to the game where Incarnation hit the walk off in the wild card game against Baltimore. And she has a video on her phone of this, like she was in the 500s and everybody just walking down the ramp, chanting Edwin, like chanting Eddie, which is just like, I watched that video and gives me chills. I want my one regret is I never went to a yeah. playoff game. I should have went to the playoff game. But also I was at the, at the game where Steven Pierce hit the walk off grand slam against the angels when they were down by six in the ninth inning and came back I was sitting up in the 500s. I got, I was going with work. We had a thing and the work paid for the ticket. So I wasn't going to complain. I was up in the 500 outfields, but like, yeah, you go to that game. You don't even see the ball leave. You just wait for the reaction of the other fans to see if it made it over the wall or not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like the, like what was funny was looking at, like looking back at my last game, like they're like, Oh, what did you, like, what do you remember from it? Like, do you remember like, you know, did the Jays do anything? I remember honestly two things. I remember, uh, number one, a Mike Trout grand slam 
which I think Mike Trout hit three home runs that game, which was oh, nice. bonkers. I saw the best player of all time do the best player of all time things, which is That's phenomenal. Great. And I remember Rowdy Tellez hit a bomb too. And it was to start, the, yeah, because they were down because it was like a Trout solo shot to start the game. Then like the mm-hmm. Tellez shot. Then as soon as I saw the Grand Slam, my buddy went to get a beer because he paid for the tickets. And I'm just like, yo, you went to get a beer at a wrong time. I just saw, <laughs> I just saw greatness. Yeah. Granted from the 500s, but like, dude, it was, if I, I can at least here's say a hack. That, here, here's, here's a hack. If you ever, if we ever have the chance to go back to the Rogers Center to watch a game, buy a cheap $20, 500 level ticket. Are they even 20 bucks? Whatever. The cheapest ticket you can find. Get there a bit early. Go to the WestJet flight deck. You're paying 20 bucks for a pretty decent view. Oh, yeah. I haven't gone to that. The flight deck's one of the only places where I haven't gone. I've done that a few times. Just buy like a cheap ticket. You go there a little earlier so you get a good spot in the flight deck. See some of batting practice from there. It's it's a, it's fun over there. That, that's one thing I really like about the Rogers Center is the flight deck area. That's where that's a fun area. Yeah, it's real. It's really like one of those things where it's like, mm-hmm. like apparently the new stadium that they want to do is going to be smaller, which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like baseball stadiums can't really be too big, or else you're going to get those those blind spots in the like in in the stadium and all that, which sure, is yeah. terrible. Like if you're going to see a game. You're gonna to want to see the game, like you're gonna to want to see the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like it's not Barclays Center bad. But. Yeah, no, but um, yeah the the rumor of the Leafs of the Leafs of the Blue Jays potentially moving to an area that's a waterfront. I love love that idea. That would be great because that's where they started. They started their exhibition place. Yeah, or imagine if you they have something <laughs> similar to what uh to what like san francisco has where you can see like the lake from like the outfield and stuff and the, the i would love that go into that i would love that and then you make it like dome like a dome that'd be great i don't even think you i think you just commit to outdoors who cares chicago think... does it chicago does it they have a similar climate to us i mean yeah but like the dome aspect was like kind of the, the no go back go back full traditional just just go all the way with it that's that's how i feel and then you can get that those like classic looking baseball stadiums that are just so nice, like in Pittsburgh, or like in San Fran, or I don't know where else are the, like like those kinds of stadiums, which I absolutely love. I think they just don't want to deal with the snow, which like I get, but at the same time, it's that's like, true. It's you still like... get snow in April every every now and then. The Blue Jays' first career first ever game actually was played in snow. Yes, it was. Glad you remember that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. It a little, a little interesting tidbit. Yeah, that was a long time ago. So, uh, want to talk about the Lou Marsh Award before we? Uh, end? yeah, we'll wrap up with the Lou Marsh Award. So, the three recipients of the Lou Marsh Award. There's two. Alfonso, or sorry, I thought there was three. There was a third one that I had in my head. Uh, one was Alfonso Davies. Deserved. Uh, and the other one was a uh, Laurent uh, Duvernay Tardif. Oh, very deserved. Very deserved. Um, one I think. I being- think- I thought that there was a third one, and I can't remember. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was Christine Sinclair. No, she didn't oh, really yeah. do much this year, did she? Yeah. So the the, the finals were uh, Christine Sinclair, uh, mm-hmm. Gadisha Buchanan, I believe that's her name, mm-hmm. uh, and then Jamal Murray. Which like were they were the runners up? They were the runner up. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think Jamal Murray she, put on a show in the bubble. 
but these two were yeah these two were definitive because like you know oh. Davies was one of the best young players in soccer today. Davies was arguably the best at his position in the world. For sure, yeah. And playing on one of the biggest clubs in the world, which is unheard of for a Canadian when it comes to soccer. Won a Champions League, won the German Domestic League, won everything. They won five trophies, Bayern Munich, and he was a big part of it. So it's it's crazy. And he's yeah. only like, I think he's just turned uh, 20 or is about to turn 20. Yeah, he's still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Still so very I young. That, I think that's where, like, you kind of realize, like, his ceiling is endless. And oh, then yeah. With, with Laurent, like, I think definitively you can't pick anybody else just because, like, he, you know, the fact that he literally turned down millions of dollars with a team that he won, that won the Super Bowl last year mm. to basically just go out and help be a healthcare worker. Like, that's pretty, that's pretty inspiring. Yeah. And it really just goes to show you that, like, athletes are more than just, like, that's why it bothers me so much when people say stick to sports it irks me so much yeah i know it pisses me off Mm -hmm. i just want to i want to hit those people (laughs) oh for sure i want to i want to hit those people too 100 Mm percent um but yeah i think we've covered everything we had a very lengthy not much news show uh, the winter meetings are apparently going on right now. I completely forgot. Things are going to explode within the next couple of days in terms of I'm hoping. News. I'm hoping that like by the end of the week, everything just like calam- yeah. Yeah, calamity ensues. Uh, and, then when I'm, and then when I'm done my, my semester next week, I just want to like hit the ground running on everything. Like just literally focus mm-hmm. everything on news. So keep your eyes uh, peeled on the show. We'll be giving our analysis on anything that happens. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. And on, Even on, on socials, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, follow the Twitter at Q underscore City Roundup. Follow the Instagram. It's pretty active, by the way. And mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Shout out shout out to Angelo for doing all the, all the yes. work on the Instagram. Man's been killing it. Um, but yeah, Queen City Roundup on Instagram, full name. Just keep an eye out for that. Uh, we post pretty regularly. We'll post some blips from the show that we seem funny uh, or serious or whatever the hell. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say. The Olympics are adding breakdancing. Quick thoughts on that. One sentence yes. thoughts on that. <laughs> that's all I need to say. Yes. Yes. That'll be interesting. That'll be very interesting to see if if they do that esports has to be in 2028 okay yeah that that i'll give you has to be because like double standards come on mm-hmm. but uh yeah we're uh i think we're all good so i'll see you all next week we should be be able to record next week just because you know our schedules are starting to open up we'll probably take a break the week after just because you know Christmas and stuff maybe we'll, we'll we'll get an episode out uh previewing the raptors yeah we'll play it by ear but uh mm-hmm. yeah So we'll see y'all next week, hopefully. All right. Have a good week. Y'all take care.